0: Good evening, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop, and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This is the episode where we're going to be. I'm going to. I did a live thing where I went to Liverpool University and spoke. Uh, I was a guest lecturer, which is probably the only way I'm ever going to get into university. And I got to speak about uh, a whole range of stuff under the umbrella of podcasting. And it was kind of um, whole thing about. Kind of how to start podcasting, the problems that I encountered, some of the things that you you found, and then about metal. But then it was really kind of about a whole bigger thing about trying to empower people to kind of doing their, their own shit and getting off the off the couch and kind of getting stuff done. It's funny that we I, I, I this is going to be launched now because the we are in the 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 midst of this uh, coronavirus. Outbreak, and uh, I, I don't need to tell anybody what that is, you know what I mean. So, we, we're all kind of confined to houses, or at least, you know, to not seeing too many people, and certainly, worst of all, not going to live shows and gigs. I went to the last one I went to was at the, the Saddle, a fantastic little rock club, by, by the way, that I saw where I went to see uh, Maru. We were fabulous as always, and that was kind of last night. And it kind of felt weird that I've got no more shows coming up because the shows kind of got a lot of content for for this as well. They kind of generated content for this, and it's gonna be like I, I it's okay. I'll find it elsewhere. I guess it's it's a okay. I guess, but not really because it means that you know these are people who are working musicians and are living from doing this and. That's not just them; it's the crew as well. I, I've I've been speaking to a lot of my friends over this week and last week, who were involved in the music industry, be it the lighting engineers, bass techs, drum techs, crew, tour managers, merch guys and girls, and a whole range of people who who were. There's a there's an enormous amount of mechanism that is involved with with, with live music, and and that just goes away. It goes away, as does you know the hospitality trade and all that. It goes away with with, with this type of thing. And so in the in the, the weeks and months as we go on, and hopefully it's as short a time as it possibly can be, I'm going to start talking to some of those people and open up the doors a little bit more than I normally would. I prefer to do these things in person. I'm not going to do that. I'm probably going to do that kind of Discord or whatever it may be, or Skype, or I'll find a way. It doesn't really matter. The thing I do want to say is this, that... Amidst all of this, um, I'm going to kind of, that's the last thing you're going to hear me mention about it because there's an awful lot of people out there talking about it and and, and that's fine. I'm, I don't really want to add to that. I don't know enough about what I'm talking about. I know enough about metal just to get through that. So you can find out information anywhere. This, this is meant to be, or this podcast was meant to be. A a reprieve, a a break from from how crazy life could get And how how crazy it can get And it's very crazy at this time now But it wants to be kind of talked about something else Something that I loved, that that I wanted to talk about That I thought was important It might be almost impossible to not disconnect the two Because it's so intrinsic to the music thing But that's going to be elsewhere There's some fabulous stuff going on out there I would suggest checking out every one of the band's live shows Which I think is maybe a glimpse into the future Of what's going to happen But certainly... um, my friend Chris Catalyst's doing a live show on Sunday. I strongly recommend that you go and watch that. Fantastic musician, fantastic individual. Uh, giving some proceeds to charity and doing a live show there. I know Attic Theory have done some stuff as well, and they've done some, some fast, fantastic stuff as well. Lauren, who I saw uh, a, a while back at the Jacaranda, they uh, they put a massive list of bands that i have got, like uh, your band camps and patrons and all that type of thing. So I'm going to work my way through that. I'm uh, a massive sort of listener music i like i pull in as much as i can listen music wise and, and this time now is that i'm going to spend doing that i'm just going to spend listening to a whole bunch of metal which is great which is fabulous unfortunately the reasons that i'm listening to it are, are, are tragic but i'm going to try and listen to as much as i can and then we'll see kind of how things work out we'll have to kind of bend to 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 to, to the way the world works out but we will you know I'm sure we will, we will get through this and the live scene will be worse off at first, but eventually it will grow and evolve to whatever it needs to be. And that's going to be very interesting times, very interesting times indeed. So that's, that's kind of that. Day. I'm not going to mention coronavirus again. I'm just going to move forward now and kind of get on with things. This is the uh, when I was a guest lecturer at Liverpool University. Thanks to Ned for asking me to come to do it. And it was uh, really interesting. I'll probably come across as an idiot uh, when I'm trying to sound as though I'm kind of, uh, you know, know what I'm talking about. But I, hopefully there's some parts of this that you enjoy. Uh, so if there isn't some parts that you find funny. Maybe even some parts that you find inspirational. But, you know, take a listen to Long One, to good sort of, you know, hour and a half-ish type of thing. So strap in. You've got enough time now and um, you know, sit back and enjoy and i would suggest then if you're looking for something to pass the time go through the whole of the the episodes there's like you know some some seven i think it's this the this 70th episode there's like 70 odd episodes go through and, and listen to some as well see what you think you know as always comments and suggestions are more than welcome i love all that um, you know, And see what we're doing next I'll have a look, look at things And i I'm, I'm kind of got a lot of free time now So I'm going to try and invest that And try and do some more interesting stuff For you to listen to And, and, and be involved in as well So there you have it um, Got some time off now Let's spend some time listening to this If you'd like And
1: hopefully it helps pass time And keep you entertained Folks, this is a very sort of different um, Class for us this week So as you know This is, mo- this is a mediating popular culture module And on this module, we've really looked a lot at popular music, haven't we? And We've looked at the way in which music gets disseminated through various forms. So we started by looking at radio. Then we moved on to television. We talked about what happens when music gets onto the small screen. Then we talked about music on the large screen. We talked about that in relation to things like documentary form. Uh, And then we talked about it in relation to Hollywood cinema a fictional form. And of course, a couple of those sessions have talked about the representation of metal music in those. Now, given that we talked about radio, um, and we talked, but we mainly talked about music radio, that got me thinking, what about what about more in relation to the spoken word? And of course one of the most thriving spoken word formats over the last decade or more now has been podcasting. Which, you know, as you've seen from your reading, some people kind of try have tried to understand that as a as as very similar to radio and also as, as kind of distinctive from radio in terms of its production, in terms of audience and so on and so forth. And then what happened is, is I met Mark Cooper, uh, who's the host of a, a podcast series which is, this is the 70th, this will be the 70th episode of that podcast series, it's been going for a few years. And Mark hosts a, a podcast series called The Spoken Metal Show. Myself and Mark met because I was part of something called the Liverpool Metal Music Conference, which was really a panel discussion, and Mark hosted the panel, and we were talking afterwards, and, and, and he very kindly invited me to, to be on one of the podcasts, so I, I blathered on for an hour or whatever and talked about um, kind of some of the research I've been doing and some of my interests in, in metal music. And then I thought, actually, it would be really useful and interesting for you guys, given that, you're very, that this module's all about what happens when music meets different forms, what happens when music or talk about music is disseminated in different forms, to, to, to sort of think about podcasting. And Mark very kindly agreed to come and talk to you guys but we're not going to sort of structure this as a normal session so this is a guest lecture in inverted commas if you like because mark's going to kind of lead the session but he's going to podcast the session so he's going to record it live and you guys can 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 ask him questions i'm certainly going to ask him questions i've got loads of questions but I also, I'm very keen for you guys to ask questions about, about practice, about, okay, so what happens with, with, with this kind of show? What happens when we, we podcast, talk about um, something that, that's clearly very important to lots of people, popular music? Uh, what happens when we, we talk about a particular subgenre like metal? What's the purpose of podcasting? What does that do? All of those things, hopefully, we'll, we'll get to. So I will hand over to Mark, who might... I don't know whether he's going to introduce that. I, I don't know how you want to do this, but I'm going to leave it to <laughs> sure. him, because he's the, he's the, he's the okay. man. Uh, cheers, Ned. Like, thanks very really much. And thanks for, like, you know
0: is this the worst shift the last one when everybody's tired and they just want to get get, get off today the worst shift I think we're a bit down on numbers and I think possibly the reason
1: for that is um, students are Quite often, I'm going to be away next week because it's really. It's yeah, everybody's winding weeks, it down. So I've, I've, I've like got few the few worst winding, crowd, haven't I? I'm winding down. <laughs> well, so well I have I the shoot, worst
0: host. So, so that's fine. Uh, do I get. Do I get? A, am I a professor now? Can I say that? Do I get like a fellowship? What? No, no. Maybe I get like a little scroll or
1: something. i yeah. can give you a doctorate, but tell you. it doesn't help me. <laughs> <I just>, that's <laughs> it. That's recorded right now. A
0: doctorate. A doctor of metal. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, Ned's a really cool guy. Um, as much as he, he he writes some really fabulous stuff as well, he writes some really interesting stuff um, on getting into this as well about metal. But then I see him in, in, in the pit and kind of throwing down when Arms were playing, and that's your lecture. I didn't have any lectures like that. Man, were, we're all <laughs> old guys that didn't really you know, didn't understand anything like that. So he's a he's a cool guy. So it's a nice to to be asked to come and speak about about something that I very very much care a lot about. And something that I kind of fell into, completely fell into, uh, very much without a net. And, you know, it was kind of something that's just grown into something that's really, really nice and positive. And and it's helped me and it's helped other people. And it's a a fascinating medium. And I know that's something that you've looked into, kind of how it sociologically affects things as well. And I think that's fascinating too. So this is live without a net. There's no, I have no notes I have no preconceived answers, there's nothing fake here. A lot of my podcasts, all of my podcasts are unedited, they're presented as is, because there's elements of truth to that, very much punk rock, very much guerrilla kind of thing, where it's uh, it's presented as is, there it is for everybody to hear it, and that's kind of how this is. So in terms of questions, there is nothing that is uh, taboo, nothing that's not on the table, and I'll do my best to answer everything I can. Ned has some questions, he's going to pepper it with yours. And don't worry if you're there going, I know nothing about metal. That's okay. That's kind of the point we're doing this. But well, my man there, he's got a, a, a nine-inch nails top end, so I'm, I'm already halfway home here, you know what I mean? I throw in a Tret story and I'm, I'm golden, right? So so there's an element of, we'll talk about metal as a thing, a musical force, if you will, but also the, the semantics of, of a podcast and how it's formed why it's formed where it leads to what it can lead to and what you should do yourself to to investigate that and that's kind of what I really want to get from this is that I am a guest lecturer but I'm nothing special in any way shape or form everything that I've done has been through trial and error through fault and mistake through trying to figure out kind of what this is and the, the fascinating thing about podcasting is it is whatever you would like it to be as long as you want it to be something I don't know if that makes sense um, so you know we'll, we can do some questions you want to do that we'll, we'll see because I'll talk forever quite happily and, and have no questions if you want. but um, I think it's probably better if we kind of just throw some stuff out there and let the, the ball start rolling so you know with the, with the, with the nine inch nails so I must want to know something about metal
1: podcasting. <laughs> 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 well, it's a very niche market, I think, yes. especially for podcasting. Yeah. Um, I was, one of the questions I thought about
0: was, obviously, I don't think you do any visual videos. True, yeah. Do you feel like that limits your audience Com- at all? Completely. Um, I'm, I'm not particularly uh, good looking, <laughs> um, so, so I've, I've <laughs> kind of <coughs> stayed away from that. And I'm like, I'm 45, so Will... Uh, if someone getting into bringing me the horizon (coughs) will they immediately see me and go that's my dad come to pick me up I don't need to listen to this guy talk about but you're right because (coughs) it's all about avenues so YouTube is huge it's absolutely huge sort of thing uh, like uh, uh, to to put your work on but there's a lot of people doing a very similar thing so there's a lot of people doing microphone, interesting backdrop and then sleeping the last Metallica album. And I'm like, do you know what? I could do that. But I don't know if I am. But you're right. Does it limit me? Yeah. Do I get asked every five minutes? Well, what, why is the YouTube just a picture of the graphic of the, the podcast? I'm not doing it. Once again, it's knowing what you kind of want to be. Kind of reverse engineering that of how you're going to create it. And what I mean by that is... That I didn't want it. I didn't even want to do a podcast. I didn't even want it. I thought I hated the sound of my own voice. Mm-hmm. Hated how I looked. Mm-hmm. Hated how I, the inflections of my voice. Hated all that. Everybody hates their own voice. I'm sure Sean Connery hates his own voice, <laughs> and we love it. You know but I'm sure he does. But the point is, I didn't like the way I looked. Uh, I thought that I didn't have that as a visual thing, and so. I didn't really want to lean into the YouTube thing. You know what? It's fear. And straight away, first question has called me out on my fear. I should have a YouTube channel, you're absolutely right. And I should well I have a YouTube channel, but I should hundred percent lean into that. Is that how you uh ingest these type of things? Is that YouTube your go to? So I don't really watch my, uh, well, I don't watch, that pretty much shows <laughs> you yeah. so the only podcasts I actually listen to are uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, sure. A lot of nods from the room for Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <well> <laughs> up, Rogan. Do you watch? Do you watch it or you listen to it? It's I watch uh, every watch. Podcast why do you, Why do you watch it?
2: I like I, I like looking at something. Like say if I do my makeup, I like right. watching
0: something as I'm doing it. Does that impose p- where you ingest it? That ingest That's but my question.
2: That's centered around my question. Okay. Let Let like, like, feed yeah. that. Um, I only came into like listening to podcasts through YouTube and specifically because I watch quite a lot of YouTubers, right. so my question was kind of like, do you think, like, I think there's been recently a surge in more podcasts because YouTubers mm-hmm. see that as like a new avenue to find like a new audience, so like, what do you think like the benefits or the negatives to YouTubers making their own podcasts? Yeah. And do you think that affects the way that podcasts are viewed as like a whole...
0: Wow, yeah, um, yeah, 100%. So what I would say is that you like Joe Rogan, and when I started listening, I picked the kind of Mount Rushmore of people that I liked. Joe Rogan was on there, uh, Kevin Smith, 100% was on there, Adam Carolla, uh, Scroobius Pip. I don't know if anybody ever aware of these names are I'm throwing out there, these were all my Mount Rushmore. So it was like, I think they're really good. So as you know, used to be a musician, you rob from the best, you know, Genius Deals. I took all the best parts of what they were doing and formed my own band if you will and did that the thing i found was that on whatever format du jour you used spotify youtube or whatever it was enforced how you would listen to that so you listen you watch that whilst you're doing your makeup you put your ipad or your iphone there mm-hmm. you do your makeup while you're watching it. occasionally look over at particular things from the show and hold them something or showing a video or whatever but some people i know will only listen to podcasts on long journeys they can't watch it so they can only listen to it now if you it, it becomes about the semantics of that then so if you're listening on youtube one of the crappiest things in the world is if you go off the app on youtube yes. it stops it's fucking annoying <laughs> 2020 and that's how that way really annoying and it does that and so you can't do it while you're on the go you have to have it on your phone it drains your battery life and these are all real world life problems that stop you listening to the thing you like to listen to they'll destroy when youtube figure this out and you can switch the app off you can still hear they'll just kill everybody because it's it, it, that's the one barrier so i had to split it up I, li- I let i put it all out on different formats and soundcloud was the one i found worked the best for me to so, you know the, the kind of visualizations but because I understood that the people listening to what I was doing were uh, people, uh, crew or tech people from the business and stuff like that, or people who are on long journeys, would listen to that. It's the same reason a book's good for some things. So sometimes a book's a great way of ingesting the information. You can listen to it audibly, or you, ideally you want it in your hands. You want, it, you want to look at it. So YouTube, yeah, is, is one way. And it's quite a crowded market and what you find happens with with, with the, each of the different formats is they start to generate their own negativities mm-hmm. i'm not a negative guy but I'll, I'll i'll explain what i mean so youtube in order to stand out you'll find YouTube's will do this um uh, are unpacking videos or something i've got the limited edition tool uh, album i'm going to do an unboxing now and they'll do it because that's a visual thing, you can do it, and that worked so far. Only do something that you can see visually. It's like me going, I'm going to speak at Liverpool John Moores, uh, what, do you want to see a video? Do you want to hear it? Well, it's not going to be very interesting, it's going to be a load of students, and, and and that's not going to be that interesting. But if I was like, I'm going to fight one of the students, well, then you are going to want to see that, yeah? So it informs where you go. The trouble with that is- Yeah, that's an extra. The trouble with that is, is that now people go, for clickbait and clickbait visually is something you know they'll have like one picture and it will normally be as as horrible as um, a particular part of a woman to to get a man's immediate look in it'll be someone doing something violent or offensive and it ends up just going to the dark ends of it someone saying you know whether as a review of the last tool album let's say we're talking about tool the review of last two album It'll have someone picture with someone shouting, and it goes, and it'll be like Coop reviews the last two album. It'll be like ah, and to get someone to click on that because that's all you're seeing that picture, that video, and that's kind of like not where I'm about at all. I don't want to. That's not the race I want to run. Um, so you've got to figure out how you use technology. To enhance and not detract from what you're trying to do And that's a really big battle Joe Rogan's a good example of it I'm glad we brought this up Because he does a two, sometimes three hour show Which is an enormous amount of time when you think about it What he's been forced to do Is cut those shows down Into 10 and 15 minute vignettes, if you will So, and it'll say something like I interview Bernie Sanders And he talks about Trump Or Bernie Sanders slams Trump and and the, the honest to god fact of the reason he's doing that is probably he's not doing it, but his marketing team are doing that. It's because we've there are certain people out there that can only ingest small amounts of information, and they we're, we're, we're lowering the bar of what intellectually people can listen to. People listen to a three-hour conversation with Henry Rollins because we want to get, go deep into that person's belief system. You know, I run to the Joe Rogan podcast that's like four hours long, like Elon Musk, three hours long. I run to that one because I know he's gonna talk himself out. And when he finishes talking with all this the, the, the blurbs that he's been told and all the scripts he's been he's gonna run out of that and we're gonna get him and we're gonna get him. In ten minutes you're not gonna anybody can fake it for ten minutes. You can't fake it for three hours of talking. So sometimes YouTube is some is the devil I haven't learned to dance with yet. I'm gonna to have to but it's not the one I've learned to dance with yet, mm. um, but it's coming. Yeah. Um, I don't know, that doesn't answer anybody's question, does it? I wondered,
1: just... um, while we're on the subject of, of YouTube, yeah. um, I, um, I wondered whether you could talk a little bit about the relationship between Spoken Metal Show mm-hmm. and social media? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. because obviously I've noticed that one of the things that that you'll do to sort of spread the word about the show is utilise Facebook and and things like that so I wonder if you could say a little bit yeah yeah I'll I'll do more than a little bit yeah Um, yeah.
0: (laughs) so it's called The Spoken Metal Show just so you know because when I was coming up with a name and it's all about the name, you've got to have a catchy name Joe Rogan Experience, you know whatever it is Kevin Smith, Fat Man Beyond and all that type of thing, it's got to have a a name (laughs) and I was like well I'm talking about metal, and you have all different kinds of metal, black metal, speed metal, you know, all this type of thing. So you have a... I'm doing metal, but I'm not... It's not thrash metal. It's not... What is it? It's a spoken version of metal. Spoken. I'll show where it comes from. But, yeah, so you have to kind of weaponize all these kind of things, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You have to kind of weaponize them and get them working for you, and it's the most soul-destroying thing in the world, and it's one of the things that's probably linking into what's causing depression amongst, the peop- amongst people because you are forcing yourself into a schedule of doing something, here's a very simple example. It's all about frequency and content, how often you're putting something out and how good that, const- uh, and we all know it's a lie. We all know it's a lie. The, the Instagram influence is terrible word that you're seeing out there, a woman on a beach saying loving life Uh, a guy uh, in the gym showing it's it's all fucking lies it's all lies it's all set up photos and and it's all lies and we in order to play the game we have we're forced to do this thing be funny at 10 o'clock on tuesday because that's when you're scheduled to put your post up before i'm not funny then i'm funny i'm not very really funny ever but (laughs) it's 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 these times it's all fake it's all lies and you have to almost face that i'll give you something very simple i do i post on Instagram, and I post a picture of an album that I'm genuinely listening to, genuinely listening to, Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera, was 22, 22, you feel old now and that, it was 22 years old yesterday, 22, my friend, Mm. Um, and I was listening to that because it's an album that I really like, so I put the cover up, and it's without a question, it's without anything, it just says, now listening, Vulgar Display of Power, Pantera, Tags, and I leave it, and this amazing thing happens. And people start commenting on it. I like track three. What do you think of Vinnie Paul passing away? And he asked me all these questions. I didn't ask. I didn't ask. Same thing when it comes on Facebook. I'll put up a picture of something without any tagline or anything like that. People just are drawn in to having conversations. That's a great thing. That's a great thing because people are told now that your opinion doesn't count, that there's so many opinions that they don't count anymore that you, you're, what you say about something doesn't really mean anything. And it's quite the reverse, it means everything because it means everything to you. So using each platform, you are going to kind of find, it's like having a toolbox, it's probably the best analogy you can give, a terrible one, but the best one I can give you, it's like having a toolbox and you go, okay, well, today I need this and this. Okay, let's go do that. Okay, tomorrow I'll need this and this. It's So if I want to do something visual, I'll lean to Instagram. If I want to do something where, Um, I want to kind of work back and forth as someone and get a rapport with, 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 with some of the listeners I'll do it on Facebook it's easy to talk back and forth and that's just an extension of how I did do my life I don't use I try to avoid social media now because ultimately these things are toxic but I keep saying, to dance with with the devil, you've got to kind of sometimes know how many songs you can get out before he's going to want your soul, you know? And that's what social media is. Um, Picking the one tool that works for you, but not making sure that it becomes a crutch that you're always leaning on all the time. Because then what happens is, and this is the (coughs) the death sentence, is you become beholden to it. So that girl that puts her stuff up Instagram, she has two or three days where she doesn't feel... Um, that she's the person she should be Um, she doesn't feel pretty she doesn't feel wanted and she's forced to put up a fake picture to to keep that illusion up and pretty much that becomes the the, the end game and that's why it's so important that um, we don't judge people by their social media and we use it as a small dip of what they're about because that's all it is it doesn't represent who they are and allow people to be open and honest on 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 social media about things and talk about things so recently the work i've been doing with uh, mental illness has has really kind of lent into that in so much as the this is all bullshit. this is all podcasts and and it and i we now we're we're beholden to it. it we're the slaves we used to be the master you know and so it's all about kind of just getting enough and then stepping back from it and that's tough because only you're going to be able to decide that if when you were involved you said, is it running me life or am i running it is it got out of control here because if it's a job now it's going to be horrible my friend linked me to a, a thing which was uh, influencers in the wild and it was people taking pictures of people who were take trying to orchestrate pictures of themselves or a boyfriend taking picture of a girlfriend and he was like, trying to handle it and stuff and and all this and it's horrible it's horrible it is both the worst of us and the best of us. And the only thing that decides if that's going to be the case is you, is you, everybody does, and everybody should do it. It's, it's not something you should be frowned upon. You should embrace it, but it's like anything, you know, it's like eating too much food and getting fat. You know what I mean? It's just, it's simple, it's just something similar. Too much social media is bad sometimes. You know, especially, you want to see the schedules. Some of them, sometimes on, on, when I was looking in how to promote the show and what, what kind of things to focus on people have put up calendars of like um tuesday you should do two pin interests posts between this time and this time because the algorithm says that that's when you've got to do that and when you actually set it up you're like oh my god when am i actually meant to get my life in between here you know because all my best stories don't start with i was on facebook once they don't start that. They start with, I'm on an autobahn in Germany for <coughs> an eight-hour trip and the, 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 the promoter just paid me a pizza and I've got a 22-person tour. That's the, that was the story. That story started. It didn't start with, I was on Instagram the other day and I put, it doesn't, no, yeah, yeah. stories start with that, you know. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse and better as it kind of splits. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's going to show the best and the worst of us and if it's got, if you're that person, Who's vacuous and kind of only cares about those 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 fund- rudimentary things. It's gonna show up. It'll show you out like mm. you know very quickly. Yeah, because you know, cause you've, you'll, you get a real magnifying glass just come over you. You know as it does. I'm now into the situation where I had the guy saying, um, "Why you support metal? Why don't you come to my show?" He called me out. You got to be ready for that. Like, are ready? For people to go, okay. Well, you say this on your podcast, and you believe this to be true. Now you've got to stop talking and stop being a keyboard warrior and actually get on the field and play. Like, nice. That's, yeah. that's hard. When uh, Ned and Peter Guy from Get into This go, you really like metal, well, you talk about music a lot. You're, can you be involved in the Liverpool Music Conference? Right. Okay. Doing what? You're going to be the, the host of it. What? You're going to be doing the host of it. So now you can't hide because you're out there. You know what I mean. You can't hide, and people are gonna ask you questions. And it got rough near the end of it, didn't it? People were like, I don't agree, and it got rough. And um, but it was fun. You know? It was fun. So you, very quickly you'll you'll have to you have to answer for everything you do. Don't think that you don't have to do that when you post a picture or you write comments. If you if you wouldn't do it in real life, you, sh- you shouldn't do it on social media.
1: Like. I was gonna say a lot of this sort of chimes into. What you were saying at the beginning about you had a series of people that you wanted to, in a sense, borrow from. Yeah, completely. But it wrong. sounds yeah. like over time you've sort of developed your own practice yeah. you move through. Did you start out doing the podcast with a sort of schematic way? I'm going to do this. That's or, exactly it. And then how has that changed as you've started yeah. doing it? And yeah, so
0: um, I totally did that. So one of the first things in doing anything, you want to lose weight, you want to paint, you want to do a podcast, you want to start a band. You've just got to start. Christ, you've just got to start. Get off your ass and fucking do it and just start. And that's a scary thing to do. I want to lose weight, so I want to go to the gym. Just fucking go then, just, just stop with the barriers. And, and the biggest thing is, is I don't know how to do it. And we live in a time where that, device there has all of human knowledge on it stop looking at fucking pictures of cats and learn how to do it i, I keyed into google how to be a podcaster I just typed it in yeah, yeah. and you, there's a lot of shit so you have to read okay i've got to do some work here and it's all of human knowledge <laughs> yeah it's So it's it's and not you start and the first couple of shows i did with another gentleman were fucking awful because we thought that we, every so often you had to have a what they call a drop-in where there's like a piece of music and it was awful and it was just kind of i was learning to walk one foot and the other okay i didn't work oh stumbled on that okay give it, and then pretty soon and now I'm, now i'm moving i've got a bit of momentum but it was all just listening to the where the waves break and kind of going okay well i'd like i said to you before so one of the things i got when i was recording the show it's often recorded in the bowels of some crappy venue with like bands sound checking and people arguing and stuff, and that comes over, it bleeds over onto the podcast. And I was like, oh god, I want it to sound like uh, like Joe Rogan's one, where it's beautifully recorded, you can hear this soliloquy of everybody's voice yes, and yeah. everything. And people were like, we love when it's when we can hear a band sound checking in the back because it's real. You're, there's no faking, you know. Skyping it and talking to someone on the other end of the planet. It's, it's it's a real thing. We all love behind the scenes, don't we? We all love. Yeah, that film's great, but the director's commentary, he said he hated him. Like, that's what you want. You want the dirt. I, I like the making of the Black Album. I like hearing behind the scenes of how, how, how something was done. And that's kind of what I try and show is to kind of go, okay, this is kind of the behind the scenes. But I only found that by starting doing things, something very kind of rudimentary and very kind of this is, everybody was doing it. It took a while of shouting before I found my voice, if that makes sense, you know? And it was only then that I kind of gone, okay, I think I'm starting starting to find out what I I am and who I am as a person. Mm. And that's the best thing why any of you should do that. It's the same reason why any of you should write a book is this whole thing is just trying to find out who you are you know, trying to find out as a person what do you believe and what do you care about. What is the most important thing in your life? What is the thing that you want to change? What is the thing you want to become? You, you've got to start finding this out because you know the average life expectancy is what seventy eight. You know redundancies, redundancy, retirement age is about sixty, gives you about what eleven years of of, of sitting playing bowls. Fucking no, no we're not having that so you've got to kind of find out what you want to do what do you care about you know and and that's what i, fa- I found out what i care about is like you know greasy haired men punching each other in a small <laughs> venue <laughs> the most you know
1: well, because, i'm just gonna before i forget this question okay. um given what you were saying about this idea that the the, the show is sort of uh, as, as evolved and it becomes something that doesn't have the sort of constraints that maybe yeah you know say I don't have a producer yeah, yeah like so it's not broadcast radio which yes. obviously yeah. has lots of constraints. Yeah. Um, do you do you impose any constraints on, um. on this at all? You know is. is Maybe around time limits or is is there anything yeah. that you, want, you I think I think a lot on? of it's happened quite organically. So I
0: do I now have like versions of the show to different things. So I have one that says the spoken metal show live where it's like like this will be a live show. Then I have a spoken metal show a week with where I spend a week listening to an album. I have one that's an interview and it kinda of just organically forms that so an interview will be like I said, I like to do a in three hours, so I go as long as we can, we go. We, I mean, we could, we did ours and it was like an hour and a half or something, yeah. uh, we could have done two, three hours easily, we probably will do. Um, and then you get the ones where it's like uh, reviewing an album, it probably only needs to be 20 minutes. You, you find where the limit is of what you're speaking, but I've re- I'm a big fan of when I sit down with someone saying, there's no editing. I'm not cutting together so I don't cut out a section and, and remove it and, and so I can put it later on as something else and, you know, try and edit the flow of it. I hate that. I remove that as well. I try and remove every, everything. Everything is a barrier for me and that person having an honest conversation. And because of that, it's kind of turned full, there's no adverts, I'm not beholden to anybody, so there's no, halfway through it doesn't do an advert for tires or something, or an insurance, it doesn't do that. And, and what really freaks me out is when, like, you listen to Joe Rogan, and at the beginning of his podcasts, he does this whole thing about Dollar Shave Club and all that, and I'm like, fucking, the, the minute he starts mentioning that, it just reduces the weight yeah. of what he's, he's talking about, you know, so all that goes out. But, what happens if, I don't know, um, Metal Hammer come to me and they go, right, we love you talking about metal and stuff like that. We're going to pay you. It's unpaid. We're going to pay you so you can do this all the time. But you have to say at the beginning of the episode, uh, get your subscriptions to Metal Hammer. What do I do? Do I take that knowing that I'm going to get an instant audience of like a million people or whatever? Where's It's integrity. So fortunately, coming from the band type of mentality, you've always got to be aware of... Of the perception of of what you're doing and, and and how much validity it is in terms of like, you know, we've all seen Mozart T-shirts in Primark. Like I've brought up a lot. It that that dissolves some of Mozart's cre- creativity and and kind of their, their 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 trust. You know, my man here with the Nine and Snails is such a good example. That's a trout, Resonant and Nine And Snails have never met it, made a bad record. They just haven't. They've been on the right side of of being, of knowing who they are and what they do. And, and I'm sure as hell that they've, they've moved away from going, okay, you could do this tour, it's sponsored by Pepsi, but it'll have to be nine sponsored by Pepsi. I'm sure that the minute doubt that you would lose a whole glut of the fans who bought into that for the reason they bought into it, was for that level of honesty that they wanted. And you can't fuck with that. You know, the minute you start messing with that and start cutting away at it, it your integrity, it's gone. It's gone, it's uh, the genie's out the bottle. You know, it's it's you're never getting that back. So I would hope, and certainly the messages that I get, are people say, I listen to your podcast because I believe that what you're saying is unfiltered and true. It might not they may not agree with it, they may be offended by it, but they believe that there is no other there's no one pulling the strings behind it. and there's, uh, there's no other kind of opinion other than my own. And it will always be a positive opinion for me because like I was saying off off air if you will. I'm only interested in creativity and positivity. There is a a glut of people who will do any kind of show and negatively run down bands, albums, the scene, whatever. That's a that's a road that's full of people. That's not for me. I'm this other road of creating something and helping other people out because there's no one on that road and you can walk it completely free, unmolested, it's brilliant and do that. You have to get ready for some people to have a go yeah, you, know, uh, but it's, you know, you've, you've, it's an open road, creativity-wise, it's massively open and, and should be, you know, <laughs> I run all over that road, up and down it, like, you know, um, so no negativity is is absolutely key. People love that. Uh, I always say in my podcast, all the time, you should go and do your own one and make your own podcast about whatever you like to talk about. I'll, I'll, as a side part, I'll tell you a small story, so, I was doing the podcast. I've been doing about forty-five episodes, and there was—I uh, got asked to be the compare, which is someone who comes out and kind of gets the crowd going and, and kind of leads the show for the metal to the masses. Um, it's an annual event where bands all compete to be to win a slot on Bloodstock, which is a huge metal festival. And we've—I've been, been doing this particular. Um, show and, and at various points You come outside Because it gets very hot And I come outside And the girl approached me And she was saying that um, She listened to the show She never comments shares the show Or anything like that But she listened to the show And she Had enormous problems With coming to a show Because She thought that Metal shows Or music shows Of any kind Were a toxic environment For a woman to be part of That someone would Inappropriately touch her There would be Inappropriate uh, uh, Sort of Things happen From unwanted um, attention From from men That if you went She was quite depressed About things And she would be She would feel alone And and vulnerable And she would, would Cut herself And she said That listening to some Of the things I said She came to the show On her own and just wanted, to, in her words, she just wanted me to know that, that there was, there's some people listening out there that don't always comment and write stuff on there. And that she wanted to learn how to be a folk singer. That was her thing. She was like the metal, but she wanted to learn how to be a folk singer. And she was starting to take vocal lessons and started to, to do that. And that really gave me a moment to pause that I'm laughing and joking now and telling f- funny stories and whatever. But you're not just playing for you. Uh, you're playing for that one person that's listening to you. But today for them was very difficult for them when they got up. They didn't know if they could go outside. They didn't know if they were the person they, they wanted to be. They didn't know what they were doing with their lives. And you said to them, you can do whatever you wanted to do and I've got you. And if you want to come to a show, we'll stand and watch a band and talk nonsense. Or I'll just do all the talk and you just stand there. We'll have a beer, we'll watch some, some music and it's and you're fine and everything's fine. Um, and they needed to hear that, you know. and. I, it, it gave me a big moment to pause, where it was like, now you, you, you've, you've, you've got a, a responsibility to, 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 to talk to people about that and talk about it openly, and, and do that type of thing. And it, made, it gave me an incredible amount of weight to the next shows I was doing, and really thought about what I was saying. And it instigated a, a thing of at every live show I go to, I tell people I'm going to them that they should come to them too. And if you're male, female, whatever, and you don't like you know so, you're socially awkward, come with me we'll go to a show together you know, I, I've got your back and I, I'm there to kind of support you because it's a tough life's really fucking hard really really hard um, and if we can kind of get together under the umbrella of music whatever music you might listen to that's really important and that shaped how I was doing everything after that mm. Mm. Christ this is depressing isn't it <laughs> you, just, you can't throw a couple of gags in there so I'm like, naked in, 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 in Austria now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I should ask, got any questions you want to ask, anything at all? The guy at the back's just like, I don't understand metal at all. <laughs> He's mentioned five bands, I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay too. I have another question. you yeah? kind of like social media Okay. Um, like social media
2: algorithms, like especially YouTube, yes. make it increasingly hard for like, Smaller creators to basically be seen by more people. Right. And to, and like the bigger creators tend to be the ones who are pushed forward. And yeah. Like, with how disingenuous you are, that like you can't trust anything they say because they're paid to have certain opinions and they have to be brand friendly to make money. Yeah, yeah. Would like how does that affect you and how like what are your opinions like? Would would you ever like well, I don't know like. What, just what's your opinion on right. stuff like
0: that it's, like it's that. fair yeah, it's like there is there's people like there there's that kid and he opens toys doesn't he and didn't he like 20 million dollars last like, year
2: Ryan's toys.
0: there you go so, the most, shout out to Ryan's toys
2: he's like which so. for 20
0: million dollars <laughs> you know what I mean and you know what fair fair play to the kid um, I think <laughs> it was recently demonetized, though, wasn't it Really? Yeah, it's a bit demonetised. I think because it was... It's interesting. It was based, I'm not sure if how true this is, but yeah. I remember it was basically an advertisement to children, mm. which is
2: obviously illegal. Well, all the toys, okay. yeah,
0: all the toy companies were like, if we give you this toy, well, you get it to... We know yeah. it go- Look, the, the, the thing is, is we all know it goes on. We all know that that famous person wearing those famous pair of shoes is, he's got them for free. We, we're, we're not idiots. But somehow, we, we buy into it. Yeah. So yeah, you've got these huge people who do have like, you know, 32 million people watch their, their thing. And it's like, I've got 12 people watching mine. Doesn't devalue it, doesn't devalue it. And that's the, that's the biggest barrier. If you want to do your own podcast, people are like, well, I've only got 12 followers, so I'm not worth anything. You're fucking, what? Because then you start going, I've only got 1,200 followers. I'm not worth anything. And then you go, I've only got 1.2 million followers, so my life's not really complete. What the fuck is, what are you thinking? What are you thinking if that's the, the mentality? And that's what happens is it becomes like a, a, a game you cannot win. It's like, you know, I'm sure some of like, you know, some of the, the celebrities uh, who, have, who, who completely live on, on social media and they, you can see them doing stunts to kind of increase their viewingship and, and stuff like that. And what they're doing, each time to do It's an appeal to the base level of everything. If I can show skin, if you're male or female, it doesn't matter, but if I show some skin, that's going to get more people there to say something outrageous. The problem is, if you always apply yourself to the base level, you're lowering the bar. You're just lowering the bar for all of us. And it just becomes a point. It comes like a freak show. It comes like Barnum Circus, where it's like, I just want to see something that's shocking now. And then we just you go into the swamp of the internet. Then you know what? What about you know? We do we play a different game. So I don't know how many people follow me. I I genuinely don't. I don't look at it because what difference does it make? I might have we might put this podcast out and thirty six thousand people listen to it. And so what does that mean? What does it mean anything? Three point six million people listen to it. It's all numbers. I more care about that girl sitting there listening at home who, who, who gets by with this. I care about the guy that's listening to him at work who's having a shitty day at work who listens to my nonsense and laughs and doesn't realise he's been doing four hours of fitting a carpet somewhere or roofing or doing real work, you know. That that wins for me, you know, because otherwise, the the minute you get to this huge audience, they kind of, you, you're beholden to them then, aren't you? you kind of almost... And then you get this ridiculous situation where people are kind of doing things now because their audience says so. And then you're like, hold on, who's, who's 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 wagging the dog here like, you know? So it's tough, it's a fine line. And, and every so often, you know, you get, you get the Logan Pauls who overstep it, who do stupid shit and make people look silly. And all his credibility of anything interesting he was saying, and he was empowering kids. You know, this guy's a motherfucker. I don't know him, but certainly the stuff that I've seen is horrible filming dead people and stuff like that and all the rest of it but at one point he was making people go you know what i don't have to fucking have a nine to five job anymore i can go out and see the world i can be whatever i want to be that's fucking great you know what i mean and we're only getting to see one sh- slight shade of this person but because of you know with this whole thing about now that you can get what if you say something offensive? We haven't talked about that yet. What if I say something offensive and cancel culture and completely remove yourself? It's like, oh, my God. You can say something and then people can say, you can't say anything else again. Yeah. Fucking hell. How are we supposed to be... God bless you, i your hand. I love that. <laughs>
3: Go on. Uh, just, like, did you ever, before you knew, like, exactly, this is what I want to talk about, and you found, yeah. like, this is... You know what you want to talk about at the very start if when you were just um and oaring did you ever find yourself not as far as envying but being like why can't they do that and yeah i and i yeah don't. like i, I want to be like yeah so like, that. like that's what i want to Com- do
0: completely completely it's like i <laughs> the, i want people to listen to this show and i want people to think that's absolutely fucking shit i can do so much better i fucking <laughs> i hope you can all I ever ask is I'm a guest on one of the shows. That's all I ever ask. Yeah. But I, is it? Kevin Smith says it all the time. It's like a backhanded compliment. Like when someone comes to me and go, you're the reason I started filming. And he's like, great, but the, what you're saying is that I saw clerks, I saw how shitty it was put together and how it was fucking rough around the edges. And if you can do that, well, fuck, I can do that. Because here's the gaff: I am privileged to, to know millionaires. I'm privileged to know and be friends with what we would know as rock stars. Very famous people. I um, and I don't want to name drop. I just I do. It's not me trying to big myself up. It's to explain. I know famous people. They're just as fucking unhappy as the rest of us. They're just fucking people with famous jobs. That's all they're doing. And the the, the level of things changes. That's all. They're still unhappy. So I kind of it didn't it didn't worry me in any way about those, those steps to get to where I need to be. if you know what I mean? It didn't. I didn't kind of. Use that to kind of as uh, as a fear thing. I did think, fuck, if they can do it, I can do it, because I'm just like them. And I, I'm a huge fan of demystifying. A lot of time I talk about backstage and crewing, and, and when I talk to someone, I, I prefer to talk to the drum tech or the tour manager rather than the famous people, because I find there's more interesting stuff there. And so I'm always about demystifying that, that it's actually not that lifestyle did. The 14 minutes that you play in the arena is great you know or whatever it is but the 12 hours off stage is shit it's it's a really it's a really I'm privileged to know rock stars and famous people and I'm here to tell you that they're just like all of us they just have a special job for an hour and a half and that's it and all the problems that we have about how we look how we feel what we think we're all what we think our life's going they have them too Everybody, everybody's the same it, it, they really are and so yeah you, you, you can, you can, you've you could got something that you, you care about, that you want to talk about. You go ahead and fucking do it, like, and there's no one who's above or below you in any way, shape or form. It's your opinion, and it's incredibly valid. So yeah, any, anybody who thinks that they, they, they can't do it, it's another barrier, let's, let's let's fucking kick that barrier down, we don't want that. Um, whatever barriers you've got today, by the way, bring them up and I'll kill them for you quite happily. There's just nothing in your way, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, and you can talk about whatever you want if you want to do a podcast, you want to form a band go and fucking do it and while you're doing that by the way there's going to be a ton of people who say you can't do that they're always the people that don't do anything you're going to get that so I'll, I'll drop, I'm allowed to drop I think I've got I have three names I'm allowed to drop ever and no, then it's too much isn't it so um, one of my friends is a gentleman called Chris Jericho Chris Jericho is a very famous wrestler he's a very famous musician he plays in a band called Fossey and I'm privileged to know him and call him a friend. And one of the things he told me uh, was that, uh, you know, you, the people who say you can't do something are never the people doing anything. They just, they're just not. You, when, you, when I said I was doing a podcast, how many people said, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing that for? They asked me, what are you doing it for? Not why are you doing that? What are you doing that for? And you're like, I, I don't know, I want to do it. Oh, well, it's not gonna work, is it? And every single one of these people that will tell you you can't do something, and every one of these people who will give you loads of the barriers, none of them have achieved fucking anything. And what's interesting is the reverse is true. That everybody that says, fuck them, do what you want, you can do anything you want, talk about whatever you want, they're the people who are really successful. Hold on, isn't there some cause causality? Here? Yes, there fucking is. It's, it's obvious. you know. So that negativity and all that bullshit is, is useless. It's useless to you. It's not going to get where you need to be. Um... Like I said, I know some famous people, and the, the, the one true thing that runs through it is they've gone against when people say they can't do it. Because Sheriff was quite a short guy. So in wrestling, there's not really room for a short guy. Uh, he's not potentially quite big. He's not a big. So he, he, he kind of like was always fighting against it from, from day one. He's now one of the most famous wrestlers at the moment on, on the planet. He was told he couldn't be in a band, couldn't be in a rock and roll band now he's like know, what, seven albums deep he tours regularly he's got his own cruise which he was told he couldn't do by the way his own cruise where he has all the fans on has loads of bands playing and all that he's just he's just getting on with it while other people are saying you can't do it and that's what i'm doing i'm just i'm going to keep going doing what i'm doing um and there's going to be loads of people who say you can't do it why are you doing that for It's not that ridiculous it maybe it is maybe it is but i'm keep going to do it take it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me I don't know how to, did I even ask you a
3: question? <laughs> yeah. You went for massive attention, didn't I? <laughs> do you think it helped, like, not growing up with social media? Work? So, like, yeah. say when we're growing up and going for it now, it's like, how am I gonna even compare to all these huge businesses that have come happened overnight when they haven't really happened overnight? But do you think, because you've seen it before all that, it makes it easier for you to be like, yeah, yeah, you absolutely can, because yeah, I've seen, I've that. seen,
0: I've seen what it looked like before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, what's your name? Kim. Kim, Kim, you've got something that the uh, that the big businesses haven't got. Yes. You, they ain't got you. You've got you. Or all, all the, the things that make up you, all the things that you say, all the things do you believe in, they can't do. The companies and large scale things are desperate to get a human connection with with everybody. They're desperate to make you think that they're real and they're part of everything. They're desperate for that. And they, 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 you. all the time, companies want to be seen as friendly. And, and and they la- and, and they're very people oriented, they're fucking not. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Amazon having those people tours, saying, we're not the devil. And it's like, all oh, right, okay, you're not, because you're like, you well, fucking, course you are, you know what I mean? They haven't got you. You are a, 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 an important, so your personality, who makes you, what you want to talk about is important. And we're told constantly that it isn't, that the individual's voice isn't important. It fucking is, it fucking is. Um, 100% So, you know Are you thinking about Doing a podcast? Do you do a podcast?
3: Mm, No, but like I enjoy them But I started like Writing a blog Last Ah, year And and then I stopped Because I was like I don't know what to write on this And then it was a case of Well, what's everyone else writing? Mm. And I didn't want to think like that Because I think the first post I ever What were the
0: blogs about? (laughs)
3: anything just he like how your day like like went a, like your yeah, diary didn't have like a central point
0: but then i was yeah. like who cares about my day do you know what i mean like not like yeah what have i said to no you what have you i said to you the, the, this morning i owned about cancelling this today because i was like no one wants to hear my fucking nonsense no one cares you know, why, why would you listen to me talk to people half my age about stuff that i have no idea i'm talking about Do you know what, fuck it? I'll just say to Ned, I've got something going on. And Ned'll believe me, this'll just be something else. And then um, I was listening to Henry Rollins, huge fan of Henry Rollins. And he was just like, he was just like, get off the couch, get to the gym type of thing. And he was just like, and I was like, you know what, Henry? Then away I go. Your blog was being read by a girl, maybe half your age. And she was like, this person's getting me through today. This person uh, is like me, has the same things as me, the same beliefs as me, and and I I can do this. I can can get to work, I can do the job, I can finish with my boyfriend in this abusive relationship, I can write a book, I can paint a picture, I can go for a walk because of what you wrote. You're not just playing for you, you're playing for other people as well. So you're like, what should I write? Write whatever the fuck you want, or keep writing. Don't Mm -hmm. stop. Keep writing. Keep writing. Blogs are fascinating to me. They're fantastic. I think I'd like to do a blog, but I, I'm, I like I can't write as eloquently as Ned. i I'm, I'm. I'm. A lot of it's like swearing, <laughs> um, but I can't do that. But uh, I. I think they're fascinating when I read them. I think I love autobiographies. I love sorts of things like that. You should go back to that blog, and, and, and you should revisit that because there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times when you're like, "Pap, stuff that you don't think means anything," but that's all part of you. The whole course of the 24 hours of you today won't all be interesting, won't all be exciting. No one's life is like that. But you, know, you can curate the bits that are, put that blog together and keep writing it. You've got to keep doing it then. Mm. The barrier was I don't think anybody's listening. How do you know? How do you know what effects is? But it might be. When me and Metallica start off, four guys, streetwear, playing in the garage, they must have launched a billion garage bands. You know what I mean? They probably didn't know that when they were starting. I, I'm certain they didn't. When they were starting, they were it like, let's think about this, you know. Tarantino's writing Pulp Fiction in a video store somewhere in, in Burbank. He doesn't think that he's going to suddenly influence an entire decade of gener- uh, uh, directors. You don't know when it's going to start, how far back it's going to start. That's why you start. You know, you should go back and do, do that blog. Anybody who's got a, a barrier to doing that, to everything, I'll destroy that barrier. I, I take great joy in doing that, in destroying those, because it's all bollocks. It's all nonsense. You should keep writing. And then start doing weird shit with it. Just go, okay, what if I uh, do a video? What if I do a podcast? And you don't have to do one a week or one every month. You should do one and then never do it again. You should do it. What well, did you t- just talk about your day then and stuff? Or Well, no, I did one. I
3: started it last year and it was... I first, it was, the first post was just, do you know what, I just thought, why not? Mm. So I started it just because I enjoyed writing, and then after yeah. that I got into like fitness, and I did a few fitness ah, ones, and then I went on holiday, yeah. so I wrote about my holiday, but then I came, because you can obviously see a statistics of who goes on it, ah, yeah. where they're from, and stuff like that, and it'd be like, okay, Liverpool people who obviously I know have gone on the yeah, and yeah. That I never noticed you had it. But then I was like, are they just looking at that because they think what's she doing? Like, why is she, why does why is she jumping on and creating a blog? And yeah. and then some people you get people from random countries like yeah. I don't know America or yeah. Japan and it's like, how on earth have they found that like and that kind of begs you on a bit. But then you, if you get like you get stuck somewhere thinking oh, I don't know what to write next or. Yeah. Like you said before, you start thinking what do people want, like not what do I want Yeah, you start, write. the beast starts, yeah. you like, yeah. So yeah. I haven't touched it for a while, but it's just because I thought, well, what's everyone else writing? And it got, it, I lost like what I actually wanted yeah. to write. If yeah, you know what yeah.
0: I mean. when you're driving in a car, it's important to look ahead. You don't really look, every second you'll check the rear view, you'll looking the sides, but most of the time you're driving ahead. That's how you should play that. You should be like, you know what? So I'm just going to look over. Okay, someone's right about that. That's cool. Okay, the review had a couple of likes for that post. That's fine. Okay, you should just keep driving. You have your for the, the the listeners now who can't see this. You have your nose. You have a ring in your nose. That's a podcast and an episode. I don't know anything about nose, but I've listened to that. You know what I mean? You talk about fitness. Well, the best thing about and the worst thing about fitness this is. Billion fitness videos, and billion blogs. how to do your hair, how to do your makeup, how to get abs, how to do crunches. There's a billion of them, but I would be more invested in yours if I knew you were more about you as a person. Because otherwise, you're just a faceless person on a, on a screen. But if I know that you're doing this or you're doing that, it, that helps me understand what you're doing and how I buy in more. Like, Joe Rogan, as we alluded to earlier on, is a fantastic example of that. I don't agree with everything he says. Don't, ag- don't agree with, with quite a few things. But I understand him, because I think I understand because we've seen so many hours of sitting with him, listening to what he's got to say. I, under- I think I have a good grasp of him. Like, I don't agree with everything that my mates say, but they're still my mates, you know? And it all comes from knowing about you and putting it out there. There's a danger, you know, sometimes you can put too much of yourself out there photograph wise and opinion wise but most of the time the people's opinions you care about the most are the people who you respect the most and you only respect them the most because of the things that they say and do so you know there's a, a responsibility to that and it's a responsibility to be true to yourself but you you know as well as I do because uh, uh, the way you, you've been nodding your head and stuff with the reason you give that up is because you won't get enough people looking at you And it's bollocks. It just is. Because then we get into that. only twelve people look at me? Twelve thousand, one with two million. Doesn't matter. And what you'll find is, if if you keep doing it, if you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. People, how how impressive is it? Is it? Joe Rogan puts a thing up, episode two thousand four hundred and twenty-nine. It's a fucking figure that is. That's it. You're like, fuck. This guy's been going for two thousand five hundred episodes. He must. We must be fucking saying something, something of value. He must be. When a band's been touring for 30 years, they can't do that if this shit just doesn't happen, you know. So you've got to respect someone who's been doing it that long. You've just got to keep doing it. If you keep doing it, it gives you a a certain amount of credibility. And then it comes down to what you're writing about, you know. I don't know if that helps he <laughs> <Probably> doesn't. <laughs> like, Fuck this guy. Why talk about me tonight? It's this fucking <laughs> bald guy comes in, he's just shouting at us, <laughs> talking about fitness videos. Doesn't look he's lifted a fucking dumbbell in his life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's an interesting link actually. You know what Kim's talking about oh. in relation to blogs, yeah. and podcasting. Mm-hmm. It strikes me that what that link is is, is intimacy, oh, which I'm is something, something that which Barry talks about in the reading for this week you know, in, in a way that what, what podcasting allows is, is, is kind of a, a, an intimate relationship between the podcaster and the listener, because as you were saying, quite often people listen to podcasts on their own, mm-hmm. either on journeys or through headphones, and it's quite an intimate relationship, and I think also yeah. blogs, they come across as intimate because they, they come across as, as they're about somebody's personal experience.
3: Mm-hmm
0: it's two sort of forced intimacies so imagine if i did this this whole thing now but i was sitting right next to you and Mm -hmm. talking in your ear i was sitting right next to you talking to your ear that's creepy but it's it's there yeah you're putting a set of earphones in you're doing that you're in a bedroom putting your makeup on and it's just you and them there's an intimacy to that Mm -hmm. but in the same way there's there's that with a book We've all done that, where you open a book and you start reading, and your mind starts creating the pictures of what's in the book, and you start visualising it, and then you, before long, you look up and you've missed your stop on the train station. You know, we've all been that intimacy, and that that that's when it's like, you think they're talking to you. I thought Bon Scott on the album Highway to Hell, ACDC's Highway to Hell, at the end of Night Prowler, there's a backwards reversed. Message or so, I thought, and I would listen to this as a kid, a teenager. And <laughs> I'd listen to the record, and at the end was that backwards message here, you know, the devil's thing that you'd always hear. And it was, uh, Charles nine And I thought, wow, that's a secret message. He's talking to me, it's the devil's music. Almost I must have heard. And then, much, much later on, um, I realized that he was just quoting Mork from Mork. <laughs> <Mimmy. laughs> but the point was, I thought he was talking to me when it, when, when I heard a record i thought they were talking to me and in many ways they were trying to talk to me so when i when i hear someone doing a podcast like kevin smith and he's like you can fucking do it and start the thing and do the thing i'm thinking he's talking to me he needs me he means me because i'm listening now he means me he must mean me there's a classic thing that you see at uh, metal concert any concerts where john bon Jovi will point at someone in the crowd he's not pointing at fucking you but you think he is. He's like, that fucking guy there, there's 30,000 people. Like, he fucking means me. He means me. Like, John Bongeri pointed to me last night. To that guy, that's everything to him, that guy. That guy, it's like, I went to a Bongeri concert. He fucking singled me out. He's like, give a fuck. He forgot about you the minute he withdrew his hand, you know, but he thinks that it's about him and podcasts and, and any kind of media that you listen to audio uh, recordings what are they called uh, these like the things of the of the book where someone reads them uh, whatever that's called mm-hmm. audio books. Uh, they're they're a good example where someone's narrating them like i listened to one um the by stephen uh, what was it uh it's like one of the Harry Potter one, and it transports you to these places, and that's incredibly powerful. People like since the beginning of time, when the group of cave people sat round a fire and someone told a story, that's that's fantastic. You know, the, people want to hear that, like they want to hear those things. And tonight, I've I've got some friends working a show down there um, for Television. I'm going to drop them down to one now. Uh, Television down there. I'm more excited <coughs> about going to that show, not for the music. I'm sure Television would be great, but the crew. And sitting there and going, you remember that time when we did this Oh, you remember when someone said that? i everybody wants to hear those stories so that intimacy that you get when you hear a story you hear something that you think is with you and it's in your ears and you can't get away from it you're on a train you're walking or whatever that's incredibly powerful that is especially if someone's saying something motivational in a dangerous sense as well you know someone's saying something racist or homophobic or from a religious standpoint, that could be incredibly powerful. That can form cults. That could be... And that's why it's a, it's a it's a weapon that you've got to be careful how you wield. So, yes, um, the intimacy of it changes how you say stuff. and uh, changes how, how you speak. I speak quite loudly, so I work that into kind of how I do the levels on, because I know someone's going to have it in their ears. Mm. Um, but also it's power. Um, one of the, like... A good, here's a good analogy for you. So, if anybody's familiar with wrestling, huge wrestling fan, anybody's with me, there's a wrestler called Jake Roberts, and you do things like promos where someone talks on a microphone and goes, "Come to the Civic Theatre on uh, the 22nd of, of April, uh, Harvey, where I'm going to be fighting so and so and so in a steel cage," and and, and 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 that's meant to sell the show. And everybody does the same thing; they all talk loud. I'm going to crush him, flex muscles, to spit water, whatever the fuck. Jake Roberts comes along. With a microphone and he talks quietly. What? You have to lean in. What's he saying? And I'm going to do that. And he's quoting Bible scriptures and stuff and real stuff like that. And he's like, and he does this wonderful thing on this one particular promo where he says to the camera guy, just keep the camera rolling no matter what happens and I'll do this promo. And he starts mouthing the words, but not just coming out. And then says, you know, I've just got you to lean in or turn your volume up on your television. And if I can get you to do that, I can get you to do anything. I have power of you. Just kind of messing with the medium. And the minute I sort of kind of saw him doing things like that, I was like, how you use your voice and how you kind of speak is incredibly powerful tool, And how you let that go out in the world is incredibly powerful. I'm always a big fan of the guy that's shouting and talking a lot. Very rarely has anything to say. And the guy who's talking quite quietly it's probably the guy you'll be listening to like you know mm-hmm. um, that's how i perceive the intimacy of a of a show like anyway don't know, that make sense mm-hmm. maybe but, uh... Uh, i don't know i we ask away like I, I talk too much like you know. i know i do a podcast y'all because it's, it's mm-hmm. like i'm talking anyways <laughs> Fuck could just record it you know what i mean
1: it's like <laughs> i don't mind given my interest in in in, in metal on and the metal scene Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. in in the city. I wondered, you mentioned before about this kind of, what you've begun to realize is is a a responsibility that that comes with this, that you talked about, you know, the, 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 the girl you met at the gig and so on. Yes. Have you felt an increased responsibility to the local scene as this, Show has progressed. Yeah, so uh, the
0: original plan for the show is I talk about music that I like. That was it, that was the plan. Mm. And then, you sort of as it goes on, people go, You must know what he's talking about. I don't, you must know what what he's talking about. He he speaks very erudite about a particular topic. So then, people go, Let me send you this album and you tell me what you think. Your opinion gets some validity. And then you get asked to host the metal to the masses where people are really battle dance to compete for a really big slot and then you get asked your opinion what do you think about this and you have to start voicing it and then um something weird happens and they start closing venues non-metal or whatever venues around liverpool and they close people and this is people's livelihoods and then people go there's nowhere to play anymore that the arts is being um Stripped and taken away from Liverpool, and its whole identity of Liverpool has been you know, this beautiful venue has been destroyed and replaced with student accommodation. No offense. <laughs> it's re- <laughs> replacing student accommodation, and you're like, "Fuck!" I met my wife there, and you know, and where are these creative spaces? And we talked about this in the podcast with with Ned that one of the two of the ways you can escape poverty and disadvantageous, if you will, if that's even a word, mm-hmm. is sport and music, they're the ways you got out, the ways you got out. And it was either you become a really good football player and you you, you went and tried out for Liverpool and you, and you, and you made it, or you, you became, you went in a band and, and did that. And because they were avenues that you could get, get out, you didn't turn to crime, you didn't turn to drugs, you didn't turn to violence, because your life had meaning. You could do it if you worked hard, if you believed in it, you could do it. You know, you see Stormzy comes from a crime background and a gang-based culture background, spitting a message of positivity. And you're like, now a kid on the streets doesn't have to deal drugs. He can, he can use his laptop and, and his things to kind of put his album out there and, and change things. And you're like, oh shit, we're dealing with more important things than this. So you go, you get, then you get an audience with. Um, unesco who were com- uh, like the, the, go- the governments basically who give grand and stuff and you're sitting down with him and he's like what do you think we should do to save the arts in liverpool of my metal when are you and you're like oh shit now i've got to fucking have an op- opinion because it's i'm one of those guys that's that's on the front line speaking up how the hell did this happen you know how did, how did we get here um and that's the... I find I became incredible. And then people invite me to shows and go. there's a scene here and you're the only person talking about it. If you don't talk about it, no one's going to know about this scene. I can't just go, okay, close the laptop and I'll just get on with, with this. I've got to get on the field now. I've got to... Shit, so no one else is looking after it. Oh, shit, now I'm looking after it. And it's like, that's a heavy fucking burden. That's a heavy burden. When people are saying you know we wait to talk about mental health now and you're like i don't know anything about mental health you like, no 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 because people are, are saying that you're talking about mental health and social awkwardness and and things like that and now we want you to come and talk about that and you're like oh shit because now it's 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 serious now it's it's you know i was one of the people that were outside when they closed um certain venues comp- and saying you know we shouldn't close it and I'm reminded, I watched a film a couple of nights back about that uh, Mr. Rogers, the neighbor thing, Tom Hanks. And he was a guy that did this public access, well, I do it was public access, some television program. And he was like, his whole gig was, uh, it's welcome to my neighborhood, uh, not the Alice Cooper way. Um, and he basically, it was this wholesome attitude of like acceptance of everything. And he was, he would, he, it went for years and years and years. And it was all about accepting people for the differences, accepting that type of thing, and it was fabulous. And he had to they cut all the, the, the grants and the budgets for it. And this guy had to go and speak up in court to keep the show running, to keep people. And he had to go and speak and get on the front line and start to do that. And he, had to, and he delivered this wonderful thing that you should, you should definitely check out online where he, he, he explains the value of, of the arts and creativity and, and, and helping young people become more creative because that's the thing that's gonna save us Everything that we do is to lead us to a creative outcome, if you will. So what I mean by that is that money's all great and all that and, and this, this type of thing, but the only thing that really lasts in any kind of permanency is art and, it's, and, it's, and, and the creation of it. Yeah, know, music, uh, the written word, the spoken word, um, any kind of performance... They're the things that are markers in human history that mean anything, that mean anything. Uh, you know, it's incredibly important that we sustain that. And when you get asked to, to get up and somewhere and speak about it, you know, you've got you've to treat that with the reverence it deserves. And I got asked to do that, and I have been asked to do that on numerous occasions and be the voice of my scene. And that's like, that's fucking heavy, that is. Imagine having, imagine right now, you have to defend something that you believe in. Can you do it? You know, and so I made sure that I was. I went to. I listened to everything to get sent me music. Everything. I'm. I'm, I'm completely. I, I'll make a connection for you. So when uh, I got, I got to see John Peel get his fellowship. He had to scroll that. Ned's going to give me the end of this, and he makes him <laughs> a professor. I got to see John Peel do that. John Peel's a fucking legend. Legend. In broadcasting and performance, he. I've seen posters of him with his name's above Jimi Hendrix on the fucking bill. You know, this guy is hugely important, and a voracious appetite for music. And he got up and he talked about how he had no education. It's me. How he didn't think he spoke very well. Me again. And how people were coming to him and asking him his opinion. He was one of the first guys to play Napalm Death on 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 radios and stuff. And he was constantly looking for new music. He would. Go down the hall, knock on the door of the person there, and going, what's going? What's new in in, in Middle Eastern music? What's new in Bangra music? What's going? Because he just wanted to ingest all this information because he knew how important it was that I don't want someone not you know a couple of roads away from here going. Do you really think I'm worthless? There's nothing going on in my life. In order to fit in with my group around me, I'm going to have to stab someone. In order to fit in with the group around me, I'm gonna to have to start dealing drugs. I've got no value. I've got nothing to say. Um, everything. I, no one's gonna hear me or anything like that. Um, that's not the case. It's not the case. And and there is other pathways you can do. You don't have to have that life. And um, you know the the urban decay, if you will, uh, and the disadvantages. It's, that the hand you give is you can play it differently than you are. And that's why I'm, I'm hell bent on kind of supporting bands that are on side and in mentoring them in certain degrees and saying listen keep doing what you're doing and then you get bands like Lowe's, Lowe's are bands you probably won't have heard of them but they're a band as they say blowing up at the moment they're a local band and now they're kind of being you know on the, they're, they're going to win some awards soon they're going to be really really big they're just like us. They started in just the same place, you know. And it's important that you, we always see that. We always see that that's something that you can do. It's always an option because in this day and age, people are just too easy to take all your options off off you. You can't do that. You can't play for Liverpool. You can't be an international rapper. You can't do that. You you don't look that way. You don't sound that way. Think like someone like Lewis Capaldi. Completely against what what we were told you should look like. He's just it's not very good looking by his own admission. You know what I mean? Doesn't know how to play the media game very well. Always socially awkward. Looks like he's a you know, bumbling fool sometimes, by his own admission. But what cuts through is because he's just telling the truth. He's singing the, the truth. The one thing that always cuts through everything is solid and honest talent. We all know when we see it. We all know. You might not be the metal guys, but you'll know when something is very good. It, it, it permeates genres it permeates everything else just cuts right the fuck way through and you're like that's really good and everybody is capable of that but we're told we're not um, and i need to tell you you fucking are <laughs> that was a long way around wasn't it <laughs> but i got was capaldi into a metal shirt podcast so yeah, no. turn off like huh? any more questions yeah, i just want to go home. i'd like this guy <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've always wondered, has podcast ever been available for sale or have they always been free? Ah, the Those monetization ones? of podcasts. Yeah. yeah. So there's a whole area that constantly gets brought up, and that's the monetization and what they call patrons and stuff like that. So now, instead of me putting it out for free, you pay X amount of money, and I, there's a specialist one yeah. for you that I do. For me, it's tough because um, I don't. I have a high value for what I say Despite me saying that you should have So it's difficult to go Okay well I think this podcast is worth 9 99 a month Or well, what am I basing it on it's not, it's not. And it's tough And it all it's, it's weird because it breeds in this whole Other subculture then like now Of that money thing It puts you in a different couple of games So it puts you in a game with Cam Girls Are you familiar with anybody with Cam Girls In the practice of OnlyFans Are you familiar with this? It's okay if you don't want to put your hand up, that's okay. So, you have someone who can join OnlyFans, as a good example of it, post (coughs) salacious pictures of themselves, male or female, and someone will buy a photo set or whatever. They could also request the person to do something, say something, wear something, whatever. And that's, listen, that's fine, you know, whatever you want to do, we're all consenting adults, but it does put you in that game, and I feel that that's not my set up my game but I I want to do this as a living so I want to earn money so how do you earn money <laughs> legitimately and keep your integrity it's fucking hard that's hard that like it's tough so I'm going to be doing these live shows soon everybody's requesting me to do this as a live thing when I interview someone to talk to someone in a live context imagine paying for this you'd be fucking gutted wouldn't you <laughs> um, doing a live show and so I'm like and they're like well how much do you want to do the tickets we're thinking £15 and I'm like Pfft. What? Like we're thinking fifteen pounds. I'm like full of tickets. I'm thinking like pay whatever you fucking want, and half of it's going to a charity. Mind will go to mind charity, but it, it's hard because some people see value if something's charged. Isn't that weird that some people see value in if you charge me? So if I said to you, "Well, my podcast is only available for four ninety nine a month," you'd be like, "There must be some value to it then if it's four ninety nine a month." It's fucking an illusion. It's an illusion. Um, but but some people feel like it's like how much was the ticket? Some people use it as a badge of honor. Ticket price for these are only seventy quid. Oh, they all must be good then. Too, too too unconnected, but we make that connection. And I don't want to really get into that game, but I know it's a game I'm going to have to get into because it's like uh, it's a kind of in order to kind of keep this going. My podcast costs the price of a a SoundCloud subscription, which is like nine ninety nine a month. From that, it gives me an RSS feed. If you're not familiar with that, is it's a long stream of code that helps you go on iTunes and Spotify, and you can link all to it. So it basically costs me ten pound a month to speak, if you will. So realistically, if I turn around and say I do a live show, and it costs, and I charge you five pound a ticket, and there's fifty people show up, I've paid for that. It's not. That's not fair. That's not fair. But then. The place needs to be paid for the bouncer needs to be paid for the person at the bar needs to be paid for and it's tough it's how to do that right and that's something i'll probably wrestle with for the end of my days because let's say this all goes badly and i don't do any more of these and i give her a, a jacket all in and that's that and this is nothing or suddenly it takes off and i do a live show and they're like we're gonna bulk you up from playing the jacaranda phase one to the O2, and I sell out the O2, it's downstairs. It's like 300 cap, it's not a big achievement, it's achievement. And then you go, well, we, we, you recently did an interview with someone and that's blown up on the internet. You, uh, you know, Let's do another one. Let's do upstairs in the O2, 1,500 people. We can do upstairs, we can do upstairs. Oh, okay. And then before long, you're like, okay, what are we doing? We're we doing? We doing the Echo Arena. What? So Dave Chappelle, comedian starts like playing in front of 10 people is now playing arenas he's a comedian average ticket price thirty dollars forty dollars or whatever vips all the things that you'd have the accoutrements of having a rock and roll show he's doing so it's tough you've got to wrestle with kind of what you you think it could be and every so often you've just got to check yourself a little bit and go is this fair is it right because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to tell you, yeah, you should, you should. I've had a lot of people who can tell me yeah, I can monetize this, and uh, I think it would take away from what I'm trying to do. Um, but if anybody needs tickets when I play the the Echo, I'll work it out. Like, <laughs> I'll put you on the meet and greet list. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Monetization is a weird one. It's the de- that is the devil. That's the de- face of the devil, monetization. And um, it's hard. But we live in a time now where. And rightly so, we're told that you know your day job doesn't need to be your day job anymore. So way back when in the 80s and when I was working, you, de- you, you came out of school, you did an apprenticeship, you did your job, um, then you did your job until you retired, you got an allotment and you died. And that was it. And people were like, well, hold on a second, this isn't fucking good and that's Generation X. It was like, this is fucking, this sucks, we can't do this now. And now, the, 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 the future, you are going, okay, well hold on, I can do uh I can write this blog that everybody subscribes to and it's only a, a, a dollar to subscribe to it, but I'm picking up at know eighty dollars or eighty pounds a, a week. I've got that coming in. I do this other thing. I'm I act now as well. I'm trying to be an actor, pull that in as well. And you have all these revenue streams as they call them and suddenly you don't have to work nine to five as long as you're willing to dip into all these different things. You could be a blogger, a personal trainer you know, and if you wanted to, you could be a calm girl. And do that. If you want to do that, you could do that. But you could have all these revenue streams. You don't have to have a nine to five job anymore. That's exciting. It's not, that's not a negative, that's exciting. Um, so, you know, is isn't it's bad. As long as you know what you're getting into, then it's fine, because then you know what you're getting out. But before long, you get to the point where you you know, you're charging 300 pound for a ticket. And, you know, you get a Justin Bieber meet and greet experience where you don't actually even meet Justin you just get a pe- your photo taken next to a cardboard cutout of him and then the gloves are off because let's face it I'm got Justin Bieber on a metal show fucking ace so Justin Bieber when he originally started was this, just this laugh from Canada on a Toronto streets play and he can, he can sing he can play he can these are facts but look what's happened because he's not young enough to understand who he is and what he is all these yes men i've worked with these people where yes men come in was that a good performance last night you killed it They didn't um, yeah with crowd were on side he sounds us they were booing shut the fuck up it was amazing it didn't The upper side didn't look as like if he told no it was all fire hazards that's why we don't close up you killed it you're fucking amazing i just put this thing up when i said this no 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 don't worry everybody thinks that way yeah but a lot of people said it was negative don't listen to them Yes, and you're amazing. You're amazing. Oh, okay. you think it's right to charge thirty dollars for for a ticket? Yeah. yeah, it is. Trust me, everybody's doing the same thing. You don't don't look at anything else. Don't look at else. And then you suddenly this cash cow that's getting pushed through, and you're making all these bad decisions. People think that that Justin Bieber's making his own decisions. He's not. He's just not. And you know, and that's why we create these monsters, and they are monsters. Uh, the, you know, the poor guy is is we've just we've wrecked him. You know, we've wrecked all these people that we we get at a young age and. You know, we put them on television, and 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 we make them famous, and they've no idea how to deal with it. They've no learning. They've no kind of understanding of who they are, and they just get completely abused in every way. And that's one of the, the real downsides of this of uh, this this modern age. Do um, we just set these people up to fall? you know? We love the story of someone coming from nothing to be famous, but the minute we get famous, we're like, fuck you. Let's cut them right down. And and that is. You, you know, every time you clickbait something, every time you read a, a, a newspaper, you're buying into that. So stop doing that. Stop doing that the fuck now. <laughs> like, and stop doing your own shit. I haven't got enough time to hate anything. I've got that much stuff I'm doing myself, and that's how you should be. Fine. If you've got time to hate like someone's page or write something bad on the internet, fucking hell, have a serious look at yourself and just do something for you. I do not have enough time to do that. To get to an audience on the internet, fucking hell, I haven't have enough time to. I haven't got enough time to. And why would you? You yeah. know?
1: Do you think that um, there's a there's a sort of downside to some of this, though? And and I, I said, I, I meant, you know, what has come across clearly is is just how passionate you are for podcasting and how yes. passionate you are about your practice and your labour. But as you said, it, it is it is something that people need to earn money, yeah. people I, 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 and what I think one of the sad things about the sort of creative labour that you're talking about a little bit is that you can do all of this stuff but there isn't any security, there isn't any stability, it's it's people are doing lots and lots of things, revenue streams you mentioned but you know as you mentioned previous generations they. Yes, they did have the day job, which was a stable kind of day job a lot of the time, but now I think with, with the generation of young people that I meet a lot as, as students and have met, you know, I've taught for, for getting on for 20, 20 years, th- there does seem to be a lot of insecurity, a lot of instability in, in those sorts of things. And I wondered, what your thoughts were on, on that. Yeah. You know? And fear, isn't it? It's, uh, the, there's no
0: permeacy to what we're doing. Yeah. The, 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 you know, we had a time when, um, what was the app called? I can't remember what the app was called. and It allowed you to cut a video at like 30 seconds and uh, there was people who were living off the money claimed by that and then they closed the app down and all these people suddenly, oh... That was my main revenue stream and they don't have it anymore. And they're anyway, like, okay, now I've got to learn how to use YouTube. Now I've got to learn, oh my God, it was like a, it's like imagine tomorrow, you go, by the way, YouTube's stopping now. There's people who live off that. Imagine if you go, okay, eBay's stopping now. Uh, there's people who eBay trade, they gain their life off you know, eBay. So there's that like kind of fear. And you've got to, yeah, you're absolutely right that all these revenue streams could stop at any minute. And we don't know where the next one's coming from. TikTok has come about now, and there's a whole thing in community, you should have a TikTok, you've got to do these videos and stuff. Because it's it's constantly changing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. And um, Steve Vai does a really good job. i a huge Steve Steve Vai, man. He's a good, great guitar player. Um, and he talks about how there's all these different things coming out, there's too many, there's all these different ways of earning your money, and that should be seen as a positive, you should embrace all of them and know that at any moment they can all end because and here's the news that you are all your own brand for the horrible word you are all your own brand whatever that has to lead to so if it's YouTube and then you have had it and that's it if YouTube gets taken off you you are the consistent line through all of that the consistent line through all of that so your experiences and how you view the world are consistently there you know and learn to bend and weave with them that some that you know I use SoundCloud if SoundCloud goes away I'll move to something else right like, so the other thing is that there's always the day job This is the biggest fallacy that they tell you when you're growing up that your job be careful you'll never get a job as good as this be, well, well, you don't want to change jobs too often it's a negative that like and you'll never get a job here you'll never get there you will able to there's a job for everybody if you're just willing to get up early in the morning and shovel shit there's a job for you you know what i mean uh work at mcdonald's you are not to, and that's not a down place somewhere like mcdonald's you know if you'd be a waiter waitress whatever you can get a job anywhere so there you go there's your safety net i'll give you your safety net you're always gonna have that brilliant although now let's flip reverse this so it's like, okay, you're always going to have a day job, so you can risk whatever the fuck you want. You can do the wild trapeze stuff because you're always going to be able to fall into the net. Now I'll give you the net, you fucking <coughs> perfect. Any you use here can get a job. It might not be glamorous, yeah? You might have to wear a fucking hairnet, you might have to shovel shit or be talk to like shit in retail, we all know what goes on. But it's always there. That shouldn't be the starting point. That's the end point. It's not to start of right, we'll start. I'll, get me, I'll get myself a good job first, and then I'll figure out what my life is. Trust me, you'll be 20 years gone, and you'll be in that job, and you'll have moved up to middle management, and you'll be doing just okay, just enough to survive. Life's just got enough of the leash on you. Just enough. Okay, I'm going to start looking after my dreams now, when I can, on my days off, after I finish work. Doesn't have to be that way, it doesn't have to be that way. You should start at the high wire stuff, not end in the net because that net's always there. It honestly is like the the government tries to paint that there's a thousand people going for every job. The fucking maybe there is, but a lot of them are fucking idiots. You know, it's as simple as that. Be punctual, attendance, have a good attitude, and that carries on for life. Uh, you know, turn up on time, don't be a dickhead. Work hard, you can have any job you want. You really can. A low-paid, easy job. Now you know that, Sam. Now get on with something you want to fucking do. And it might mean that you can't go out on a Friday night with your friends because you haven't got enough money. It might mean you haven't got that PlayStation that you wanted to get because, you know, it costs £300 and you need that to pay for your laptop to do your streaming or whatever. You're going to have to make sacrifices, you know what I mean? You're going to have to make that as long as you know... That all these things around you are fucking not permanent. You know, the house you live in, none of it's fucking permanent. None of it's there. Remove all that. They're all barriers. Remove all that and do what you fucking want to do. Now here's the scary thing. You might not know what you want to do. Oh shit. Coop saying, do what you feel passionate about. I don't know exactly what I feel passionate about. Oh shit. Hmm. There's only one way you're gonna find out. When you're young. So sort bad. Of When you go out drinking and taking drugs and all this type of thing, it's all finding what you're, you all here should probably have a drug of choice. Drink, maybe, and it should be a drink of choice as well. When you go out, you have vodka and Red Bull if you're fucking maniac. You have black Sambuca if you're fucking completely crazy. Or you like a pint, or you like an IPA, or you like whatever. If you take drugs, you might like cannabis, you might like ketamine. Who knows? You might like ecstasy, but during the time when you are a kid, you're trying to find what you like. and You, you, you dabble this, oh, I don't like whiskey, I like vodka, I like vodka, I don't like whiskey. And you're figuring this all out, and then eventually you go, okay, well, when I get to the bar, I'll have a pint of this, please, and, and a pack of crisps, and that works for me. The same thing should go for the things that you like. You should explore them to the nth degree. And sometimes they lead to cold these and sometimes they lead to other things. So I originally, when I was a kid, wanted to be in a band and tour the world rock and roll style. That's not what happened. It so was just listen for the waves, seeing when they're breaking, and fly into those individual waves as they come up and see where they are. And that, that, that's another powerful thing, is that you can do anything. Starting to learn to act. So I'm I'm working with a guy who's a VJ, a video jockey. So these guys does the videos for backdrops for bands that match the music and stuff. And he's like... Coop, you've got a really interesting look, which is like code for ugly. You've got a really interesting look. You could do really well as in acting. And I was like, how the hell do you do acting? Google again, how to act. Download apps. And then all of a sudden I'm in the Netflix season of this new Sherlock Holmes thing, this film and I'm in it. How the fuck did that happen? Because I just was like, yes, I can do that. Yeah, I'll do that and leaned into it. Didn't necessarily start out with that plan, but how did I become a podcast host? It just kind of happened because it was yes I can do it I can do that, and it's listening for these moments that ring a bell inside your soul as Freddie Mercury said, uh, and it rings a bell here or whatever your soul you think your soul is, and you go that's that's me. I I believe that when I look in the mirror, I I believe that I believe that that's something that resonates with me. When someone says something racist and you go no that's not the right way, and you speak up about it. That rings here. When you do something in an action and you go, this rings something here, this, this, this is this is me. These values are sometimes brought from people you respect, certainly like your parents, all the brothers, sisters, whatever. And people are important in your life. Start these processes and you explore them and find out what you care about. And those things are what make you speak passionately about them. What you think about fitness and the body and how you should be is imposed by various factors how you lean into that is your, is your own choice You know, anything that you're into you that know, you particularly like these are all informed things by your environment and then there's that wonderful quote of Nicholson and the party that goes I didn't want to be a product of my environment I wanted my environment to be a product of me, that I didn't want to take all those bad things that were coming in that I wanted to push out and push these, my ideals out there of what I believed to be, what rang inside me What I believe to be true. And you might not have fully formed ideas of what that is. You might not know how you feel about politics. Someone say, what do you think about communism? What do you think about socialism? And then the same person might go, what do you think about Norwegian black metal? What do you think about laptop, tech, bedroom metal? What do you think about this movie? You might not know. But the only way you're going to find that out is fucking getting out there and actually... ...living a bit of life... ...and you know what... ...not being afraid to fuck up as well... ...you know I started this podcast... ...and everybody told me... ...why? What for? And now people are like... ...can I come on to that podcast... ...and now... ...how how are you... ...how did you get to speak to so and so... ...because I said yes... Um, ...are we close to wrapping up... ...should I wrap this up... Okay. Okay. ...so I'll tell you how I... ...my journey as succinctly as I can... ...I was in a band... ...and we weren't very good... ...but I was the guy... ...that would book... And put us on. I would ring the venues up, ring the venues up. I'd ring the venues up. I'd say, "Can you put us on?" I was that guy, and I was quite good at organising stuff. And eventually, uh, the band stopped playing a lot because we were very good. And but the other bands were like, "We still like you to organise the shows if you could. We still like to do some stuff for us." I was like, "Okay." So then. I started to organise the shows, and then I was, they were like, well oh, Coop knows how to restring guitars, and he knows how to have the amp set up. Well, he can do that as well, can't he? Okay, i will do that. And then before long, what happens is, you start you know, becoming the go-to guy. So a band comes up, a band called Kojak, and they were like, we're going to do this shitty little tour around Scotland, and no one's going to come to see us, but you come out with us and be our effectively tour manager, stage manager, whatever. I was like, I don't know how that, don't know what that is, I don't know how to do that. Just say yes. So go out with them, learn a lot about doing stuff and worked hard, just say yes, just to be the guy that can do everything. Learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes. And then after a while they go to, come to release now and they come fairly popular, play some pretty, pretty big shows. And so then they go, we've got this support slot with a band called Fozzie. And it's the band fronted by Chris Jericho. We're supporting them on three dates of this tour. It's what's called a buy-on, where you pay money to play on a show. We're first on the bill. No one cares about us, but we want you to still do what you're doing for us. So I do these shows, and I work really, really hard, really hard, and I'm saying yes to everything, and I do everything I can. and learn, talk to people, understand the role, understand how how a rock and roll show is set up and performed. And about two or three shows in, the guy that... The guy that is there, is Fozzie's tour manager, is a guy called Toad. And he come, pulls me to one side and he says, you're really good at this. How about when they finish up on their buy-on, you come with us and work with me to do the next couple of shows. There's seven more shows. I'm like, yes, I can do that. Yes, I just say yes. And so we get about three or four shows in and we're still in, Europe, in UK at this point. And he's like... I've got to go and do a fly in. A fly in is a show where they fly, literally, fly you in to do two or three shows as a, as a tour manager or whatever and fly you back out. That's all of that And you do, you, see you literally fly in, run the show, go. And there are these one offs that you see bands do. And he goes, Can you look after the band for the next couple of shows? And I'm like, Yes, I can. There you are. So I go in the space of two or three months to meeting chris jericho i'm a huge wrestling fan growing up i see him and i'm shaking hands with him and he's like you're running the show now and you're doing doing bits and pieces so we go out and we do various shows and uh, it starts to become quite clear that i'm i'm toad's guy that he's using for everything and i do everything and i come off tour and i'm like that was fun i don't know what else i'm supposed to do and then toad rings me up I need to start doing this show I need to start prepping this I need to start doing that And before long I'm doing more and more shows And then I go out with uh, He says there's a big run of shows now going around Europe With a band called Ugly Kid Joe I don't know if you've ever heard them. They do a very famous song Called Everything About uh, I Hate Everything About You I think it's called <laughs> It's all been a few And they were, they, they were huge During the, the late like, 90s They were a huge, huge rock and roll band And I'm out doing things and we go around Europe and stuff like that and, we're, and, we get to, and I get to see these beautiful, fantastic locations and it's all still building. And then I go out again with Fozzie. Fozzie have now exploded. Chris is now the host of the Golden Gods Award, which is a huge metal event in London, which is a whole awards thing and there's a whole bunch of stories I could tell about that. But the two things I'm leading to, two pivotal things I'm leading to with this, so you must be aware of the download music festival, you aware of that huge metal festival that happens down south. And Fozzie are playing that at about a quarter past one in the, in the day or something to so maybe 36,000 people or whatever. And we do that show and, and I'm helping to do this whole thing. And afterwards, everybody in the band splits and they all go. And I'm still with Chris because I like hanging out. and wants to be there as much as I could. And Chris goes, I'm just going to have to nip off somewhere and do something. And I meant to really stay with him and kind of help him, show him where he's meant to be going next in science stuff for him, whatever. And he's like, oh, you've got to come back. I can't leave you on your will only five minutes. So let's play a little bit of Game of Thrones time travelling here. So let's go right the way back to when I first listened to music as a band. Now I listened to Metallica. Metallica and my guys... Heffield, the lead singer James Heffield, is my guy. He's the guy I looked up, his opinions enforced my opinions, I loved it him as a person, he was one of those guys. Huge fan of Heffield. Da- Download that particular year, Metallica are playing in full, which has now become quite the thing to do, the full album of a particular thing. So they're playing the Black album, which was their biggest selling album. It's an album that regularly sells 10 million copies a year, with a ton of Grammys, Watershed moment for metal. It's one of my favourite albums. And they're playing this album in full. So that's still in my mind. So let's go back, forward again to Chris going off. Chris comes back. Comes back with a pass about that big, a huge pass with the cover of the Black Hard Mom in a weird tinfoil thing. And he goes, There's your bonus for, 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 for the show. And I'm like, What's this? And he's like, Side of stage for Metallica. Um, I don't know correctly what this means. So we go up as the, 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 everybody's prepping, the second last band finish finishing up. Metallica refused to take the stage. I go up this walkway, all the way up. Pretty soon we're going past security and other famous people, and we're still going forward, closest to the stage. I'm like, what the hell is this? Get to the side of the stage, and I'm at the side of the stage. This is downloaded in front of 100,000 people. And I'm like, I'm still this guy that just said yes to everything and just started learning how to do this. And the house lights go down, and James Heffield comes up there, and he has a thing where, he, uh, he was burned very badly on one of the tours from some pyrotechnics, so he's very superstitious. So he fist bumps, cliche fist bump, with every member of the crew before he goes on stage to kind of, so it, nothing bad happens. And he turns to me before he goes on and offers his fist up to fist bump. I'm still this 15-year-old kid that thinks he's... so I fist bump James Hatfield. I'm still high from that moment. And he goes out. Just before they start, just before the first notes ring out, Chris turns to me... And says, um, I'm sorry to do this to you, but that pass that you've got, I've promised to the, the then editor of Kerrang. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you're going to have to go back down, give that pass back to him, and I'll see you on the bus. And I'm like, at the top of the mountain, I'm going to have to come all the way back down. And he said, unless you can think of a better way of doing it. And so I turned to the biggest fucking bouncer I could find, biggest guy. And I said, my name's Coop. I'm stage managing and doing some stuff for Chris and Fozzie. I'm going down to give this pass to the guy from Karanth and then I'm coming back up. I need to do it very quickly, so I'm not going to get into this bullshit if you're going to stop me, check passes and all that. I said, I just need to do Coop, stand on me, you're all And you got one pass. Head down, give the pass to James. I said, come up with me, run up. i have not got to pass, so he has, shouldn't really be there. Because the guy, all right, boss. He's like, yeah, keep going, coop. Off we go. There he am. Stand next to him. turn to James. Give us that pass,
3: and then took
0: it off him. Chris turned to me. He's like, I, I, I passed the test, if you will, and then I get to watch the Black Album, my one of my favourite albums, Feel played out right in front of me. Same guy that went to Scotland with Kojak, with this pass. Now at this point, if I was trying to. Um, if I was trying to, uh, if we were on a date or something. I would pull this pass out, and that would you know, that damn gold. And then the only way that gets any better is the next part of that story. So we go out to with the ugly kid Joe, and they play all around Europe. And we get told that they were going to be playing the Polish Woodstock. I'm all the time saying yes, just do what I can, work what I can, learn to do guitar tech, and learn everything. And you're playing the Polish Woodstock now. I don't know if you're familiar with the Polish Woodstock. You're obviously familiar with the term Woodstock. Huge festival. It's in Poland and it's free. So all of Poland comes, basically all of Poland comes. It's huge. So the night before, we're getting um, our meals and stuff uh, and the the record company paid for that and they come down because it's huge. And they're talking to us and one of the executives from the record company turns to me and goes, just so you know, Coop, it's, it's gonna be a very big show. They estimate it's going to be about 250,000 people and you're the headliners. And I'm like, okay, no worries. I've seen it all before, it's not a problem. Inside shit myself. We get there very in the morning before anywhere opens and we're sitting around doing nothing so we don't get to see what happens. Guy comes in, he goes, we're estimating the crowds now are gonna be 350,000 people. So it's gotta be good, this show. Oh, shit. Okay. 20 minutes before the show, went enter Shikaria playing. They finish up their set. Guy goes, comes back in. We're all tuning up and trying to do things, and he goes. Um, the the helicopter has been over, and they estimate the crowd to be in excess of 500,000 people. Um, and none of us in the crew have ever played. Some of us have toured South America have played some half a million people and it's my job most with the crew to make sure things go right and we play the show and it's incredible and it's a life-changing religious experience that came from me saying yes and making those first stops forgive me if i get emotional i wasn't going to do this but i will do but that's not the real thing so the guy that helped me do that is a guy called toad am um, toby and he uh he uh he, he was my mentor and he's the guy he he, he he gave me a chance when no one else did he helped me get those shows which will now live inside me forever um and around december he contracted um a, quite a serious flu and he'd already been asthmatic he was by the thingy and he goes into the hospital and he goes into a coma and he uh he he doesn't make out and he's like Five years older than me, six, five. Um, and he doesn't make it out. And you think to yourself, oh shit. The, I, did, I was the yes guy, I worked hard, I tried to learn what I could do. But that's how, how quick it goes, and that's how little time you have. And I don't want to bring everybody down, like, because that's not what this is about. I'd certainly, Toby you you wouldn't want that. But you have no time now. You have no time left. So, now you've got something, you have no time left. Start it, start it now, and get it done. Wow, I should have sold some jokes at the <laughs> end, shouldn't I? But I listened, I, yeah, I've got to tell these people this thing. I wish someone had told me. Well, he did. So, that's something. That's all right, Monique. That's all right. Thank you. That was me speaking at Liverpool University. Forgive the quality sometimes it's booby sometimes it isn't but you know that's what you're going to get I've invested in some uh, I get I get some form of income for, for around doing this this podcasting thing so I've invested in some um, microphones and some bits and pieces to take out on the road if you will with me so hopefully I'll be doing something which uh, I talked about on Mass's Podcast when I was on that uh, the last time on the last episode on Midnight Mass, where we talked about going out and actually speaking to people in the field. Unfortunately, certain events have stopped that happening, but that's still something we're going to work towards as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. The feedback was incredible from this one. This was the, the this uh, kind of when I went to the did the, the lecture itself, the feedback of the students was incredible, very, very moving and interesting to see what they got for it. We're often told that the the, 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 youth, the youth today doesn't want to listen to, to anybody else, they just want to do their own thing And it's, it's not, not it's true, they want to listen To the truth, they want to hear information They want to try and help it so they don't make the same mistakes And the feedback I got from the lecture was Absolutely superb, so hopefully I want to open this up now to everybody And everybody can hear it, uh, the feedback will be will be As interesting as well, so as always, please Contact, comment, subscribe and share All that other good stuff that I, I Try not to talk about, I hate those people that do that Where they're like, please, you know, subscribe To this, it's, it's so needy, I, if you like it great to listen to if you think someone else might listen to it suggest it to other people that's really kind of all we're doing over here um, as always I'd normally end this with I'll see you at the show I'll probably for a while now but I will see you via the medium of podcast thanks for listening